Today is June 16th, 2020, and this is episode number 12 of Blurred Laws and Life with me, your host, Richard Bush. On today's show, we have Jamal Jones, who is professionally known as Polo Dadon. He is a good friend of mine and is a world-famous record producer who has produced for such artists as Nicki Minaj, Usher, The Pussycat Dolls, Fergie, 50 Cent, Rich Boy, Lil Wayne, and many, many others. He also owns a record label, Zone 4, out of Atlanta, and he has just started a radio station in Nashville, Tennessee. He has uh, come up with the concept of Young Country, which is African-American artists who perform country music. Um, He discovered... Um, Kane Brown, who is one of the top country artists right now in the world. And um, I'm really thrilled to have Polo on the show today. This will be um, part one of my interview of Polo to Don, where we talk about all of the recent events that have taken place in this country over the last couple of weeks, his opinion on those events, um, his perspective on race relations in the United States and um, his ideas about um, reptilian aliens. Yes, reptilian aliens who may be manipulating all of us on planet Earth. Um, I think you're going to find this to be a fascinating episode of Blurred Laws in Life. This is part one of my interview with the cerebral Polo de Don. All right, so I now have on with me my good friend, Polo Dadon. Hey, Polo, what's up? Richard Bush, the man, <laughs> the myth, the legend. How you feel? I'm doing great, man. It's, it's, we've talked about you being on this for a while, so I'm really happy we're able to make it happen. And quite frankly, given the events of the last, not just last week or so, but just the last like 48 hours, it seems really um, appropriate for you to be on Today, um, let me start by asking you, Paul. I've kind of talked about in the introduction, you know, that you're a world famous record producer and all the things that you know, the highlights of the artists you worked with and things that you've done. Talked about Zone Four a little bit. Talked about the new radio station that you have in Nashville, and we'll get to all that. Your time with Jimmy Iovine, and we'll get to all that um, later. But given the events of the last, you know, week. I thought it would be appropriate, um, and with you in Atlanta, I thought it would be appropriate to start with those issues that we as a nation have been dealing with and confronting and addressing over the last week or so, particularly since um, when you started in the record business, you started a group, and the name of the group was Jim Crow, which I think everyone would know, or if they don't know, Jim Crow was, you know, the laws that were part of this country in the 40s and 50s that you know, required segregation, um, blacks and whites to be segregated in schooling and, and a lot of other things. So I guess my first question is why, why Jim Crow? Why was your first group named Jim Crow? Um, well, that's back in my rap days. And um, I came up in uh, a time where Atlanta was developing its music scene. And um, so basically all the, all the 
talent and all the focus was kind of like out of New York and LA, you know, and if you wanted to, you know, to get in the business or have a shot, you know, of, you know, being a major artist or coming out um, nationwide or worldwide, you know, you have to go through those channels. We felt like we were outsiders and Atlanta, we had always had our own thing uh, musically, like uh, locally. So we had huge local artists, but they never were known nationally. If you went out of town, like if you went outside of the Southeast, people had never heard of them. So, like I said, you know, we felt like Atlanta had all this talent and we had our own culture, which now, you know, we're lucky because of this, because that's why we lead so many trends, because we, we had to do things ourselves. And so that culture is still in place. And I think that's why so much, so many success stories out of the South and out of Atlanta, because we kind of just um, have our own ecosystem, but we were forced to build that ecosystem. It actually built itself. So it was not really a race thing. It was more you're in Atlanta and you're segregated from the New York and the L.A. crowd, and it was hard to get heard. Absolutely. Yeah, it had to do with race. Okay. Um, what are your feelings about what has happened in this country over the last um, couple of weeks? Um, I believe I may have a, a little different perspective. Um, so as far as what's going on in the country, right, I believe there's a political agenda. I believe, uh, there's a corporate agenda from a financial standpoint and so forth and so on. We're going to figure some things out. And I think both people will learn something from, from this because eventually people get exhausted and you begin to think of resolve. So, um, Obviously, police brutality has always existed. Um, it has existed on uh, with all civilians of all races, you know. So I know the focus right now is Black Lives Matter, and um, there are some people who are going to look, look at this as a way to capitalize. I'm sure the Grammys we're going to see Black Lives Matter all over the Grammys, and we're going to have Alicia Keys for a third time, and so it'll be the blackest of Grammys you ever seen, and we'll see. T-shirts worn by, worn by athletes and so forth and so on. So that's the part of it that, you know, I look at it, you know, and, and where I'm from, we call that, call that cap. Like, you know, cap this cap, you know, which is basically uh, bullshit, you know. And so, yeah, obviously it is a, um, it's an issue. I don't think it is the issue. I think it is an, an issue. Um, and, and really, man, because I'm a person that I'm a, you know, obviously I'm black. So, but I've been a millionaire since I was 24. Um, and, and not to, it's not about money, but my the reason why I brought that up is because I grew up and started from very humble, humble beginnings, but because of my experiences and my outlook on those experiences, I was able to get outside of the box. And so with this stuff going on, I just want people to get outside of the box. Actually, one of my best friends, father is, you know, he was a grand dragon of the KKK, right? And we became best friends through hip hop. And so I, I just know the struggles of so many people that come from so many places. So like I said, it is an issue, but I don't believe it is the issue. Um, I, I think we have... Every time you talk about, you know, bigger issues, like issues within our community, they want to, you know, everybody goes crazy. 
But we have to not even fall for that trick, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, more white people get killed by cops than black people. That's a fact. More black people kill black people than any other race kill us. You know, that's a fact. When you talk about, um, you know, everything down to nutrition, education, uh, financial literacy, there's so many issues that really make us slaves uh, more than police brutality. Um, I have this one thing, right? So in my opinion, Atlanta has broken the mold, the mold already. Um, Atlanta, like I said, like I was a young millionaire, right? But if you look at my whole, my age group, my generation, my peers, from my age group and younger, right? A lot of us are successful. A lot of us, it was just um, ownership, um, financial freedom. Uh, we, and we all believe, and I'm just specifically talking about Atlanta, we all believe, my age and younger, that we can do anything. Really, Atlanta is such an entrepreneurial spirited city. 55% of the entrepreneurship is black and minority. Um, and that's the first thing we think. We think, okay, you don't want to hire me? I'm going to go start my own. Okay, you don't want to sign me? Going back to music and Jim Crow. Um, you don't want to sign me? Okay, well, we'll put it out ourselves. We started that. I used to argue with my, my lawyers back in the day about putting out mixtapes and doing it ourselves and starting mixtape labels and they thought I was crazy, but I already knew it because it already existed on the underground level. So I feel like it's the same thing with this. We've already won in the sense of we have enough resources, we have enough um, education, connections. I just think we have to think about 2060 versus 1960. I believe, um, and guess what? These are my thoughts. A lot of people may disagree, but I'm on to something great here. And I believe that I believe that the race war is over here in America, especially in places like Atlanta. And I know rural areas, middle America, things are different and they are behind. But when you talk about like the major cities um, and especially Atlanta, I think people should look at Atlanta and I grew up in Atlanta. So I can go anywhere and I just have a different perspective on how we can work this out and how you can have your own. And, you know, if you deal with people who don't like you, you don't like them. You know, go do it yourself. But as long as you have to ask, who are you asking for equality? Who are you asking for freedom? I mean, that means you're not free. That means you have a master, in my opinion. If you have to ask, it's not yours. I've been taking notes as you've been talking. So you talked about the fact that there's a financial and a political um, motivation that some people might have to support this um, Black Lives Matter movement. And I'm going to ask you about that in a moment. Um, you talked about the fact that you were a millionaire at 24 and that you believe in, you believe that, you know, you can succeed in this country. Um, so that, that really, I want to start there because one thing that's come out of this, um, what's occurred over the past couple of weeks is this idea that to be an African American in this country means that you are at a disadvantage to succeed, that there's systemic racism, not just in the police force that leads to police brutality, but just you are at a disadvantage in this country from the get-go. And I kind of have a unique perspective, I think, on some of that, because as you know, Polo, I grew up like as the only white kid in a pretty much all black neighborhood. My junior high school was like 
95% black, I would say. And, and I know the disadvantage that arises from being in a neighborhood like that and how it impacts your ability to get out. So many different temptations, so many different um, things you have to deal with on a daily basis, and it makes it really difficult to get out without being drawn into, you know, criminal and just bad people and and different issues that you don't have growing up in a more upper class neighborhood. So, what I'd like to know from you is because I, I I tell people that that's where I see the disadvantage. That the disadvantage for black kids and um, is that place where you begin, where you are in this schooling system that makes it very difficult to concentrate on your studies because there's, you know, you're just at a disadvantage from, from the get-go. And I wonder whether you agree with that and whether you think that when you get past that and when you become an adult, whether you still think the, the odds are stacked against you as an African-American in this country. Um, well, obviously everything you just said was, is true. But I'm going to go with I disagree in the sense of using it as, I don't want to use the word excuse, but using it as a, your reasoning. As a crutch? Right. Because I'm, I'm, this is what I said earlier. Now we have too much information. Like, I think racism is a 60 issue. I believe my parents had a 0% chance of being billionaires or millionaires. But guess what? I worked with a young lady who's made $2 million in her senior year of high school, right? So so what I'm saying is, if our schooling systems are poor, first of all, the schooling system of America is poor, and that goes for everybody. See, I'm going to tell you, I know too many poor white people, right? I have too many friends uh, who are poor white people, and I know, and what I really believe is really going on overall is the rich white people exploit the poor white people, and the rich black people exploit poor black people. So I really think this is a Real at, at the end of the day, I think what needs to happen is the the one percent, the one percenters, they have to have a heart, and maybe they don't, man. And that's that's what I think it is about. I think um, the black people that support black people to to be where they are, you know, um, it's time for them to do something. I think I'm successful because I'm black. I know how I know how to go into a culture, learn the culture, and apply some type of strategy to it, apply what's real to it, apply what's next, what I think is going to happen next to it. And so at the end of the day, man, you know, of course, all the things we're talking about exist for sure. But if you let it be your focus and you let it take your life over, you're already lost. And guess what? Another thing, some of the most pivotal moments in in change of history I think it's been a, um, a coming together. Uh, white people have helped. You know, you can talk about everything from Underground Railroad to new bills that are passed or legislation or anything like that. So there always is some, even somebody like yourself, you help so many people of all races, but people of color in particular. I mean, the people who helped me the most and just gave me a whole new point of view, a, a different point of view, and just enlightenment have been white people, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's like Jimmy Iovine. Jimmy Iovine, Dr. Dre's a billionaire. Jimmy Iovine was a chairman of a company who 
made this guy a partner and they built a multi-billion dollar company. And that's amazing. And all I'm saying is, um, you know, and, and, and guess what? Same thing I was telling you about one of my best friends. Like it just, I've had too many um, life changing events, you know, in my life, um, including yourself, Richard Bush. You know, we just went through an incredible situation and I learned so much. We worked on it so hard for so long. Like it took stamina and, you know, Jeff and that, you know, taught me so much. And so that enlightenment, man, it's priceless that really you probably can only learn from somebody that's different than you and that lives in a different world. So are you, I hear you. So are you saying that in the United States of America in 2020, whether you're black, white, yellow, or green, if you put your mind to it, if you think that you want to succeed, that you can succeed, and you have an equal chance of succeeding as anyone of any race or religion or creed or color. Absolutely. I'm saying your misfortunes sometimes put you in a better position to succeed. Our slavery is more mental. That's what I believe. So, so when you hear these, so when you hear, let me, let me say this to you. Let me, let me back up one second. I agree with you where you said that when you were challenged, you can take that as motivation to rise up. And I agree with that completely. But when you hear the people on the street now in the last couple of weeks and these athletes and these stars and these people saying that in the United States of America, if you are black, you cannot succeed or you, you have, a, not that you cannot succeed, but it's much more difficult and there's this systemic racism that keeps you down, you're saying to me, you disagree with that. I tell them, come to Atlanta. That's what I tell them. What do you mean by oh, come to Atlanta? Stuff. Come to Atlanta. In Atlanta, we believe, I, I've only, since I've been born, I've only had a black mayor, ever, right? Black people in Atlanta believe, literally, this is coming, coming, um, just without thinking, you believe you can do anything. Like, we just believe it. And that comes from, you know, um, lineage of seeing anything being done. So that's why you saw Kasim Reed being one of the lead guys when Obama was running and campaigning. Atlanta always steps out in situations like this. Look at Keisha Bottoms now. Like, look at... Let's just look at our history. Look at Martin Luther King, so forth and so. All, all I'm saying is because of all the years and years and years of just um, and generational wealth exists in the black community here. Man, you got to come to Atlanta, Richard, and just ride around with me. I got to just take you around. And all I'm saying is, I know it's not like that everywhere, for sure. But I believe racism overall is a trick, right? Is, okay, think about this. Atlanta, I don't know the most current numbers, but I know a little while ago, we had about 30,000 police officers and about 7 million people. So how can 30,000 police office, officers uh, patrol and control 7 million people? There must be a mindfuck to that. And racism is a part of the mindfuck. Now, if you keep putting black people on TV being getting the, the bad or shitty end of racism, then that's what you'll believe. But I'm telling you, poor white people have their issues and it involves race as well. And they feel like we're the ones stopping them. 
But like I said, we're both we're really both being played. So if you are somewhere and you're not wanted, this is why I call it and I take my stand. If I had to choose one side or, or another, I would take the side. I guess where you, even you're kind of trying to push me as a lawyer, you're trying to make me take a stance. I am. Um, you are. And, but, you know, but the answer is both. It's all mixed together. That's why it's confusing. But um, if I had to take a stance, I would say I would not accept your excuse. I would look at it like an excuse, um, even though I know there is, um, there is racism. And I believe everybody's racist. Hold on. You know what? Don't say let everyone. Uh-oh. Let me, let me, want me to prove you wrong in two seconds? Sure. Prove me wrong in two seconds. Let me ask you a question. First Go ahead. Of all. Ask me anything. Do you believe that everyone is racist? Do I believe that everyone is racist? No, I do not. Okay. So let me prove you wrong. And anyone that agrees with Richard Bush that everyone isn't racist. I didn't say and everyone is- isn't racist. I said that. There are people who are not racist. You said is, no, is know, everyone no, racist? I, no, I'm not putting words in your mouth. I said anyone who agrees with Richard Bush, Bush that everyone isn't racist. I'm saying that you're saying that you, you're some, saying that. What I'm that saying is some people are not racist. I, I do not agree that everyone is racist. <laughs> what I'm, I'm not saying is. We're saying the same thing. Okay, fine. Okay, okay. Now, obviously, that's a general statement, blanket statement, but this is how blanket it is and how much it covers. If you are able to see black at all, see white at all, if you can see the difference, then therefore you are aware to race. That which is makes bullshit. You That's bullshit. That's not bullshit. That is not bullshit. Because if I the look at you, you Polo, Polo if I difference. look at you, I see that you are black because I'm not colorblind, right? I mean, I can no, see a black no, colored no, skin. No, no, Doesn't make no. me racist. No, that's the whole trick. And until we figure that out, there will always be racism. That's my point. That's why everybody's racist. That just means that's you can see. I mean, that's a, that I, is the trick. That's, that's the trick. No, it would be racist if I saw you and I thought that you were different or lower than someone because of. Well, your, okay, let's take the word lower then out. Okay. But you do believe I'm different. You do believe I'm different. I don't believe you're different as a human being. You have different color skin than I do, but that doesn't make you different. You do believe. All right, check this out. If we can define. I think you have to define racism then. You're right. I think you have to define what racism is, right? Because if your definition of racism is, if I look at you and I recognize that you're black, then I'm a racist. And my, my definition well, no, is. I know what I'm saying. I'm saying we're racist in the sense that we can see, period. If, if there was no racism, if there was no racism, we wouldn't see race. That's what I'm saying. Nobody would see race. It wouldn't exist. But it is this only because we see race, which makes everybody a part of the problem. Mm, I, you know, I think you have to define racism as you think someone is lower than, not intelligent as. I understand, and, that's, and if you look, if you do, if you look at the definition, it does lead, it leans towards that. You know, but again, at some point, we must start thinking for ourselves. Again, we're saying, hey, I can't get a job here. I can't get this opportunity because I'm black. Uh, because I'm from this this environment and it doesn't exist. Okay, but guess what? Now that's that was an issue before, but now in this day and time, you can create something from those from the, from those positions and from, because of those reasons, you can put, create something in a whole new business. But trying to get hired, all right. Think about this. 
if I can't get hired at a certain store, I can go into a whole other field. Not only can I start my own business to compete with that business, I can just go into a whole different field completely. So we keep, I believe, that's why I think this shit is luring us back into racism. This is luring us, luring us back into asking for jobs. This is taking us backwards. And that's why I keep saying 2060, but 1960. Think about Generation uh, X, is what they call them, I think, or Z, was X, right? Yeah. Um, we are teaching them racism. They don't know racism. They fucking live online. They fucking play Call of Duty, Apex all day. They don't, school, even the traditional school system is played out. We talking about some played out of this shit. We talking about old people shit. I'm trying to tell you. Take me to 2060. You said something earlier that I wanted to touch on. You said that a lot of the things people are saying now are driven by finance, financial interests and political interests. And it kind of offended me. I want to get your thought on this. It kind of offended me when Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the National Football League, came out and said, oh, we made a mistake previously when we tried to suppress the opinions of our players, um, when we you know, when we penalized them for, for kneeling, and going forward, we're not going to do that, and, and we just been, made a big mistake. And to me, I want to get your, your view on that, because to me, what, that, what he was really saying is, now that our league that is full of African-American players are really pissed off, and we risk you know, a revolt by our players, now we're going to pretend like we care. But really, they're doing it because now it's politically expedient to do that. And they and others who are now supporting the, you know, the protests are doing it not because they really care, but because it's in their best financial interest. And I want to know what you think about that. Um, I agree with you and your um, position wholeheartedly. Um, that's exactly what it is. Um, only, first of all, this is what people don't know. Only 2% of all Americans make more than $200,000 a year. So in general, if we want to talk about finance, which it has to be a part of the conversation, because we always talk about opportunity. We talk about opportunity. We're usually talking about fucking money and jobs and shit like that. So guess what? As a country, we are poor when it comes to that. In that sense, like everybody's fucking working their ass off, being underpaid. If you really know the game. So, all right, it is a big issue. All I'm saying is, man, don't fall for the bullshit. And everybody, nobody wants to take the blame. Nobody wants to take accountability. Nobody wants to take the responsibility. And the people who have the information, the type of shit I'm telling y'all, they keep it to themselves and exploit their own people. Prove me wrong. Polo, I got to ask you about what happened in Atlanta since you're there um, over the weekend, I guess, with the um, gentleman who was killed after falling asleep in a Wendy's drive-thru, and now the aftermath there, yet another incident. Um, what's the temperature in Atlanta right now, and, and what are your thoughts? Um, emotions are high right now. It's intense. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you just go to, like, uh, a gas station or something, right? You see somebody in line that looks different than you. It's just that question of, you know, are we at war? Are we enemies? And you have to kind of get the feel of, you know, a white man you don't know and vice versa. You know, they, everybody's on edge. It's crazy. So it's like, uh, I would just say in, in general, you know, 
it's on edge right now. Is is it a white black thing in Atlanta right now, or is it police versus the African American community? Because that's well, well, I, I think it's white black first. I mean, even I mean, because that's why you know, in a lot of these things we're saying is mostly white cops, black black uh, civilians. It's not necessarily black cops, you know, killing a black guy or white cop killing a white guy or black cop killing a white guy. So the narrative has kind of been, you know, white cop, black man murdered. So this is, there is like colors involved, right? So it makes it a racial thing and there's a racial divide, but I know I will say this, like even what I'm saying about the people you may meet in the gas station in line, you know, everybody, somebody who wants to be cool or let you know that, Hey, you know, there's no, no beef here or we on the same page. They just be kind. Like, hey, what's up, brother? Like, it's crazy, you know. Like, kind of people kind of taking their side and their stance. What is together, or separ- separation? You know, um, this is the South. I think Atlanta's a little different than most places in the world, but it's also most different than most places in the South. But you know, with that being said, it's, it still is the South. So when you're dealing with the South, um, you know, the Confederate flag was, you know, our state flag not too long ago. And, you know, a lot of people grew up with that and it's tradition to a lot of people and heritage to a lot of people. So, I mean, I get it. Is this, do do you chalk up what happened in Atlanta to the police officer who, who shot that man being a racist or stupid or poorly trained? Um, well, I don't, I don't know. You don't know what's in a man's heart, right? Exactly. I I mean, see, I'm saying I don't, the racist thing is a fucking, um, I I look at that like a uh, cop out. And so I don't go to that immediately. But again, with my theory that everybody's racist, I do believe that's why it's easy for black people to say he is racist. And I do believe that's why um, it's easy for the cop to feel endangered by a young black man who's dressed a certain way. Uh, like It's like when we see anybody, right? When we walk down the street and we pass anyone, based on their race, based on how um, well-groomed they are, based on how they're dressed, we all have a perception of who they are. Before we say hello, let's say you're, you're an officer, you see somebody with rims, you see somebody with gold chain, you see somebody with hella tats on their face, okay, they could be, they could be a, a priest, but just based off an image and based on what you've been led to believe by, you know, media, video, audio, so forth and so on, in your mind, I better be careful because this dude could take me out. So all I'm saying is when we see a certain cop or we see a certain white man with a buzz cut or have a certain image, we, he looked like a racist. There's a such thing we say, but he looked like a racist. He looked like a racist. I mean, and so all I'm saying is we all have these, um, you know, preconceived, these notions. preconceived notions. Absolutely. So would you say that if, and I know this is just a hypothetical, but would you say that if the guy in the drive through in Atlanta, it was white, but was wearing, you know, wasn't dressed well, was like not really a literate guy, had, was tatted up, you know, all that. Do you think the result would have been the same? Um, no, I, I believe if he was white, he'd be alive. I believe if he was 
no matter know, no matter how he no matter how he handled himself, you think he would be alive today? I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say no matter how he handled himself, but I think in this particular situation, he'll be alive. And I think if it was black cops, he'd be alive. And and not because of racism, because black cops understand their own people. I think there's a disconnect. I think black people need more white friends and education on different cultures and vice versa. White people need more black friends. You know, it's almost like when you talk about gay, right? Like, man, hell no, I ain't with that shit. But then you know somebody that's cool, that's gay, then you get to know them and they hear their story and blah, blah, blah. And this thing you know, you may be protecting somebody that's gay. You know what I'm saying? Because you have an insight and understanding of the whole thing. I've said that all along, that anyone who is racist is someone who hasn't grown up with or been exposed to another group of people. Because once you become friends with anyone, it's impossible to be racist after that. Yeah, but I, I think this as well. I believe that the whole issue of racism, which we're all focused on right now, is not a today's issue. It is a 60s issue, and it's not a today's issue. And that's what I really believe. Think about the trajectory of technology and robots. If you live in L.A. right now, they have robots that deliver your food when you order food from places. They have, think about, just think about how many jobs and how the jobs are going to change. The world is about to be a different world. You're right. So, Forget about black and white. It's going to be humans against robots. That, really, I have a concept. I didn't want to go too deep because I think I went too deep already, but, I mean, what I really, really, really believe is some whole other shit, and I really believe is, you want to hear? I want to hear, man. I want to hear. Okay. Lay it on me. Oh, man, you've been to dinner with me before, so. Yeah. Oh, I know about your flat this, this earth was the theories. I, and, I just thought and, about this. See, yeah, that's this that is, white people shit. Oh, we're so going to get into flat earth later, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, check me out. You set me up. But, all right. So, I see, man, I don't want to lose people, man. You, no, that's no, why I want to hear, do... hear you. I believe Please. the next part would, it would lose people, man, because do I don't, don't want to discredit so many of the great things. Go, I want to hear it. That we accomplished so far. All right, let me hear it. Let me hear it. All right, if anyone who enjoyed this up until now, um, stop now. <laughs> All right. <'cause> we... <laughs> All right, I really believe it's aliens versus humans. Oh, That's boy. <laughs> you think we have aliens? Right. It's, like, it's, it's like the um, men in black shit. We have people right now living here, aliens living here. You take the weak people and you put them in charge of the strong people. And then they can never figure it out. So you have black people who are like the, the perfect specimen from a physical standpoint. And so if you talk about white people, right, they, they had to use their brains because they didn't want to go fucking hand-to-hand combat. So they mastered the mind and they mastered uh, strategy and so forth and so on, right? So you have those two going against each other, right? But this is how I think that came about. I believe there is. So if you think about the 1% controls all the wealth, right? And 99%, that means 99% are just um, components that are basically controlled by the 1%. Now, let's take it a step further to, now we get to humans versus aliens. I believe that humans, when we hear the term one race, we really are one race. And so the aliens have made us see, 
Like, if you go to, go to the Bible, like, you know, everybody should know about the Bible. And other religions, too. I don't care what, what religion you are. You should study other religions. Think outside of only your religion because you can learn something from all of them. But when you talk about the Bible, they say um, once um, Adam bit the apple, you know, even Adam, Adam and Eve bit the apple, they can then they saw they were naked. They were already naked before that. But they can then see they were naked, right? So we were all one. We are all one. And now we can see that we are naked, which means we can see that we are different. We can see everything that's wrong with us, right? And, and aliens did aliens, that to us? Yes, the aliens did that to us. The aliens are controlling all of the humans by our differences. So, Which aliens, because though? Like from what planet? White people are under control, too. They're being played, too. we all being played. What planet, though? Who's, which planet? Is it Klingons or Vulcans or what? Well, uh, uh, that, that I don't know. No, that I, I don't know. I believe, um, all I'm saying is, that's why, man, we did accomplish something beautiful in the pandemic. And we were kind of close to one consciousness, but it was also bullshit. We was thinking about the pandemic as one. But there was a moment between Kobe, Kobe Bryant and the COVID thing where the world just, it was spiritual. But we were all kind of like one. Right, and we can accomplish anything when we want. So anyway, I believe that there is a reptilian race. That's what I believe. Right, and reptilian. Yep, reptilian race. Liz- like lizards, dinosaurs, and like alligators. Uh, uh, no, no. See, man, like I said, I want to discredit all the things I was saying because now we got to talk about shapeshifters and all that type of shit. So all I'm saying is, there's the. All right, think about this: the one percent, the elitists, they are being guided. Um, they've been given technology. They've been given a playbook on how to control the masses. It's really that simple. And so we're really being controlled as a people. And think about what every alien movie, right? Why do they come to Earth? They come to Earth to strip us of our resources because wherever they came from, their planet, whatever the case may be, or wherever they're coming from, they run out of resources, so they come here. And guess what we're going to start thinking about next? If you t- If you think about the geniuses in the world, they're already talking about, okay, I'd rather get to a new planet or the moon versus have a house. Like Elon Musk. Uh, Elon Musk. He said, going to the moon is more, going to the moon is more important. Than he wants to house. be the first one to colonize Mars. We know that. Yes. And that's my point. So we, we need people like that. We need people who... If he who does, I, w- I would like to go with you. Like if, if he invites me and he says I can bring one guy with, one person with me, I'm bringing you, by the way. For sure. Okay, good. So let me ask you a question. Something you said is very interesting to me because I thought about it too. And that is that from Kobe to COVID, there was a period of time, like a month or two, two and a half months, where we were like all in this together. We're, you know, one, everyone was like, man, this is going to cause us all to treat each other so much better when we come out of this thing. And like humanity was all together in the same direction. And then in one fell swoop, one police officer in Minnesota kills one guy and within minutes we're at each other's throats again. Like in the blink of an eye. This kumbaya moment of humanity dissipated into violence in the streets across the world. It's kind of an amazing thing. Absolutely. Are the aliens Absolutely. behind that? Is the, are the reptilian aliens behind doing that to us? 
Hey, guess what? We proved that we can be manipulated. You just proved that by what you said. Think about this. Think about where AI is going. Think about when we were just talking about the jobs versus AI, computers, and robots taking the jobs of smarts. Yes, and think about smart cities. Think about 5G, 6G, 7G, and just keep on going. Think about 15G. Think about this. The, the iPhone's only been here 11 years. Think about how it, that shit advanced so much and how much of our lives are controlled by something that was created just a little bit over a decade ago. So when we talk about 20 years from now, man, that's why I can't get caught up in going 40 years back. You know, I'm sorry, 60 years back. It makes sense because we will, I mean, you can tell we're going to have living robots pretty damn soon if we don't have them already. So you're right. Black and white is not the biggest problem we're going to have in 20 years is when the robots start taking over. It's like me, the Terminator. For sure. <laughs> so that, that's, my, that's where I'm going with this, man. That's where I'm going with this. We better get, get our shit together and better get it together fast. And that includes everybody, which this was happening right now. We'll have some beauty to it because to make people uncomfortable, you know, it makes them react. It's almost like the fourth quarter. If you know anything about sports, I'm sure you don't. Um, <laughs> I know more about sports than you do. I can tell you that much right now for you to say that to me, man. You're out of your mind. I, I, heard, your, I heard your basketball stories, man. I don't really believe them. All I know is you got plenty. I'll beat you. I would beat you any day of the week. Any day you know of what? the week. You know what? That should have been the interview and the show. I mean, we should have did it live, um, streamed it. Any day of the week. I mean, there's a chance and, now. And guess what? And this, was, this is what black benefits me, by the way. I'm not going to let um, a middle-aged white man beat me. You know what? Basketball. You don't know. <laughs> that's the problem. You see, that's the problem is you judge a book by its cover, number one. Number two, you might have a chance against me now at my age, but I guarantee you if you were 15 and I was 15, you, I'd beat you like – if we were playing a 15 by ones, I'd say it would be 15 to two or maybe 15 Richard, to three. you could take any – 15 to three. Pretty, any on your best your day. Life. On your Take best your day. Prime. I hope your prime wasn't when you were 15, um, by the way. Well, I played baseball <laughs> through college, but I was I played high school basketball, and I can tell I was like the only white kid in the whole gym many, many days. I was that prototypical little white boy sh- shooting guard who could hit the shot. Played point guard too, and I guarantee you, if we were in high school together and we played, you and I played one-on-one, 15 to three is my prediction. Maybe Maybe you get four. And probably the only way you could do it is like to back me in and like use your you know, um, strength or something, but that would not last very long because you wouldn't be able to stop me. I'd be I'd run right past you and I would like hit the outside shot. Then you'd come up on me and I'd run right past you and do a layup and it'd be like 15 so to check, three. So check this out. You just use age as an excuse. Hey, guess what? Mike Tyson coming back. He's not using age as an excuse. So, I'll play you now. I, I still think I could probably beat you now, but I'm telling you, if we were like in our primes, you would it would be like embarrassing to you. Embarrassing. You would not be able to show your face in Atlanta again. I guarantee it. Oh man, fifteen to I'm gonna say fifteen to four on your best day, dude. Fifteen to four oh, on uh, your best first day. Of all, the question is, are we gonna play or not? That's that's. Not I'll play one. you, and I'll okay. play you. But if you beat me, it's not like proving anything, man. Oh, Fif- so, so it's not playing. Now, it's not like, it's not now, like you're making an excuse. I'm not. I'm not risking getting hurt for you to make an excuse. After look, I beat you. Look, <laughs> I'm telling you, I will play you. I guarantee you, in our prime high school, college, those, those years. 15 to 4 on your best day. I can't tell you how many people I played that thought just like you do. Oh, here's this little white boy, can't play. And they got dogged, and it would happen to you and be embarrassing. You wouldn't be able, you wouldn't be able to go home. You'd have to like lie I, about I, where I you were. I want you to know what you sound like to me right now. What do I sound like? You sound like 
you know, basically probably how I sound to people talking about fucking aliens. Like, I, I'll get I'll get some of my friends from Richard the, Bush. I thought I thought you were so smart, man. I trust you so much. I will get some of my your friends credibility, right, your from credibility those days. Right now is your credibility is dwindling right now. Fine. Man. Like, I'll tell you what. I'll get some of my friends from those days. We'll get them on the <laughs> phone, and they will tell you how I beat them. They won't want to admit it, but they'll have to. And they thought just like you do. I promise you. It'd be sad for you. You you know it'd be it's it's not somewhere you want to go. You've been doing very good with the aliens and with the, like the croc alligator aliens and shit. Dude, that was what you need to stick to. You only had a body type for a good basketball player. Oh my Your god! Your whole swag. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I I'll wish tell I, you, man. I wish I had a time machine. That's all I can tell you because I would take hey, you man, back. You know what? I, I wish you came up in the same era, man. Like just because I'm, I'm I'm great. I started dunking when I was 12 years old. By the way. 15 to 4. I'm going to leave it at that, 15 to 4. Do you believe in aliens? Let me ask you that, Richard Bush. Yes. Because I, I, feel, I feel like when people start talking about aliens, you can get, you can get very murky. I would, say yes only, I would say yes only because if there are not aliens, then it is the greatest waste of space one can imagine because our universe goes on infinitely and there are billions of planets. And if this was the only planet that had life forms, it would be a complete waste of space. Okay, do you believe there's a higher intelligence? I do believe that there is something. Is it a dude with a long white beard judging us? Mm, I don't know about well, no, that. That's, that's not what I'm asking you. I'm just saying in general. Like, I would say yes, well, just because too many, and I, and I kind of addressed this in my last podcast with this idea of multiverses and alternative realities that, you know, a lot of different scientists subscribe to and it seems to me that too many things have happened in my life that have been that you cannot just chalk up to coincidence so i like to believe that yes there is some type of higher intelligence for sure okay so check this out so people must you know take a step back and you know just be patient before you know we start talking about aliens and a bigger war or a bigger, you know, strategy versus the everyday lives we live. I just look at things through a wider scope. I just want people to put their focus on, man, the great things that happen when white and black people come together. Like, you know, like. Like Bush and Polo to Don. Like, that's what I was about. I was going, that's what I was going with it. Like, man, the things we were able to accomplish. You wouldn't have been able to make your fortune, and you do, you know, you have made a fortune if it wasn't for, you know, other cultures, and the black people in particular. And and guess what? I wouldn't have been able to be educated the way I was educated if I didn't have friends like you from different places, cultures, walks of life. And it's so incredible, man. People love to be in a comfortable environment. I get it, because you can just let loose and be yourself. But once you go into, into those, just the, the era of not knowing, right? Going to a place of not knowing and being open, man, you just find different things out about the world. Um, you really, it's humbling. You check yourself. For sure. I mean, I actually feel sorry for people who haven't been exposed to different cultures and, you know, outside of their own because they have no idea what they're missing. I mean, seriously. It's like you're living in, you're looking at one wind outside one window and there's all these other windows that you don't get to look outside and see different views. 
And it's really sad, to be honest. And, and, and this is how I feel about, you know, just my black people. If we're not really, really, really ready to go to war, right? Yeah, shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I look at it. We either going to do it or we're not going to do it. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, whether it be... But there's no reason to go... There's, I mean, maybe in the 1960s there was a reason to go to war. But today, you know, I'd say 90% of everybody that is walking on this planet agrees that what has happened is horrible and has to stop and that there's no place for discrimination in society. I mean, it's not like it's a black thing anymore. I mean, yeah, everyone who's fair-minded feels that way. But, all right, but it's the same thing as you saying all lives matter, which, will, you know... No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm just saying most people agree with this idea that I mean, every, anyone who's fair-minded and rational, whatever their race or color or creed, believes that what has happened is horrible and it can't continue. I mean, there's no one who... But, 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 but let me do where I was going with this. Where I was going with this is, I believe right before COVID, I was telling my friends this the last almost you know, three and a half, four years, ever since Trump got in, basically, right? So I was telling them, this is the height, the black man in America. In the sense of, it was more so of a business type of you know conversation. I'm just saying we're making so much money, right? We realize we're re we're starting to realize our value more and more, more and more, right? Um, you gotta think it's like kids from other families, like, like Jewish families, or uh, kids that come from trust funds, right? Like white kids, right? They're different than their parents, right? Because they now they want they they just have all this money. They came into all this money. They have all this money. They kind of like man, man. My my grandparents were wrong how they treated people. I want to make a difference. They're different than their grandparents. And all I'm saying is, when you look at entrepreneurship, when you look at business, uh, impact on business, uh, growth in entrepreneurship, and just how money was basically everywhere, and we were making a lot of it, and we're controlling the market, and a lot of things, when you look at trajectory, right, I'm just saying we're being sucked back in into an old system. So that's why I think it's partly a trick. Because what we're going to do is, now when you go to the, the, the equal talk, you're talking about equality in the old system. I'm saying, fuck that. I'm saying, hey, we got the fucking, we're in, we're in the lead. We got them. We got them. Like, man, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm so, man, it's the greatest to be black. Because it's so much money just within your community. It's so much money within your culture alone. You don't have to go outside your culture at all. So the point is, it's like the Wizard of Oz. Look within and not without. So now what we're doing, the whole racism thing, we're looking back out again once because we were looking we were looking within. But now we're looking without. And um and all I'm saying is you're saying it's backwards thing it's backwards thinking that there's no the goals of the nineteen sixties have been met and have been exceeded and you feel like People are in a position now to make their own way without having to go back. Absolutely, and we're not talking about the great, the great things that these stories, like the stories I may have with like um, Italians, um, the Jewish, so forth and so on. We're not hearing those stories. Those those stories aren't being, you know, published or put on, you know, put on the front page. Because it, or, it doesn't sell newspapers. What sells newspapers is hate and conflict. What doesn't sell newspapers is, you know, the fact that, you know, everyone's friends and and they 
are supporting each other regardless of their race and color. And that the fact that you and I are friends doesn't sell. If you and I were fighting, that would sell. Right. When I beat you 15 zip. Zero. Uh, that would never say. happen in your wildest dreams. Seriously, this is like you're just sick in the head, pretty much, is what you are. In my last podcast, I talked about the butterfly effect, how a small change in initial facts can lead to a completely different outcome in someone's life, and how we have multiverses and alternate realities. It's kind of a non-linear way of thinking. It's um, Stephen Hawking type stuff where based on the Big Bang Theory, there's like billions of alternate realities where there are um, different outcomes based on every decision we make. I feel very confident to say that if we could go back and be 17 years old um, and you and I play one-on-one basketball and when I and I beat you like 15, my prediction was originally 15 to four, but it could be 15 to three, your life would have gone into such a depression because your friends would have been out there, they would have been mocking you and, and you're like, disowning you and like not wanting to be your friend you'd go into such a spiral into such a depression that hey, polo de don would if, not if listen to me, me listen to me it's very important polo de don would not exist today as he does you never would have gone in the music business you never would have done anything and um who knows what would have happened to you so i'm just happy in fact that that didn't happen to you because i'm just happy that you are who you are a very successful friend of mine because it would have been ugly for you man it would have been bro it would have been so so bad for you and I'm just happy it didn't happen. And it would have. And I'm just happy it didn't. You're lucky. You're, you're a very lucky well, man in that regard. What I believe, whether you believe in reincarnation, whether you believe um, any time period, man, before, after, I don't think you beat me in any era at any time That's period. Your, any, you're, um, you're wrong. Any, any, any it realm. It, it doesn't, listen, I'm a 50-year-old man. Listen to me. My knees are not as good as they once were. I'm not, I, my, my quickness is not the same. Come on. I'm just telling you, sure, somebody who's like 25 could probably beat Michael Jordan right now, right? Because he's 50-something years old. It's like saying, could you beat, are you better than Willie Mays? And it's like, well, Willie Mays when he was 20 or Willie Mays when he's 85 years old? The point is, now you might be able to beat me. But when we were like 18, no way. No way. Just be thankful. Seriously. Be thankful that we didn't have the chance to play because your life would have turned into a mess. You'd have gotten into a downward spiral. You'd have been disowned by all your friends. You probably would have hit the crack pipe. It would have been ugly for you. And I don't, and I'm glad it didn't happen. I really am. You know, there's there's a few things that I'm going to take away from this, this interview that I think are the key high points. Number one, we are in a society where you can make what you want out of it and you can you can become successful if you put your mind to it. You believe that, correct? Yes, sir. Number two, as humans, our biggest threats are A, robots, and B, reptilian aliens, correct? I did not say that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and number three, you acknowledge that you could never beat me in basketball, correct? You went one for three. <laughs> Hey, wish, guess what? Wish would not win you a game playing against me. All I need is a time machine. That's all I need. You had about 30%, you know? That's all I need is a time machine. All right, bro. Thanks a lot, man. I'll, I'll talk to you later. All right, good. Cool. All right. <laughs>